Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. New Eastern Europe Podcasts. These are Belarusians who are demanding President Alexander Lukashenko to quit. The spark that set the streets on fire was the election fraud on August 9th, 2020. Despite huge mobilization before the elections and visible support for Svetlana Tikhanovska just before the second round of the elections, the authorities said that Alexander Lukashenko was supported by over 80% of citizens. Belarusians took to the streets against the lies, against the regime, which responded with violence. The lethargy of society and repressions against those who did not want to fall into it, however, are not something new. Although 26 years ago it was different. The beginnings of the regime of Alexander Lukashenko are recalled by Edward Lucas, former British media correspondent and expert on Eastern Europe. I remember the 1994 elections in Belarus because I covered them as a correspondent and I'm ashamed to say that I thought that Lukashenko was rather a good thing, um, certainly compared with the previous regime of Vyacheslav Kebich, who's been completely forgotten. And Lukashenko seemed to be a man of the people, um, dynamic, keen on uh, fighting corruption. And I thought that this might be a welcome change. And unfortunately, his autocratic and even dictatorial instincts came to the fore, and we never had a proper election again. And the regime's attempts to stay in power were marked by um, brutality towards the opposition, and indeed disappearances, abductions, murders. And yet over that period, Belarus has changed very much underneath the surface. It's become a much more sophisticated internationally oriented country and in a way I think Lukashenko's rule has created the conditions in which people are now keen to get rid of him. The scale of the demonstrations and earlier support for the opposition candidates, especially Svetlana Tikhanovska, was a shock to the authorities but also a surprise to many observers. At times, it was hard for Belarusians to believe in what was happening. Piotr Rutkowski, director of the Belarusian Center for Strategic Studies, talks about the range of Minsk protests. Po pierwsze, protest objął wszystkie segmenty społeczne, poczynając od studentów, kończąc emerytami. 
Firstly, the protest covered all parts of society, from students to pensioners, from traditional opponents and ending with those who only joined the protests after the elections, that is, people who woke up politically. So the scale is very wide. Of course, this does not mean that, let's say, nearly 100% of society has been resurrected. Well, it can be estimated at 20 to 30%, maybe 35% of those who are actively participating in the protest directly, that is, by going out onto the street or indirectly by supporting the protesters. So this is the first such moment. The second moment is the incredible scale of solidarity, both financial and psychological, human and other forms of solidarity. And I think that there is hesitation, I would not like to call it a split, but a hesitation inside state structures. I also think that of the power structures. So the fact that Lukashenko still has to change key positions of the power forces proves that the situation is not so stable within the system. What happened to explode a country that at least from the outside looked like an oasis of stability? Yet Alexander Lukashenko seemed to have everything under control and to meet the expectations of the citizens. Pavel Usov, Belarusian political scientist, doctor of political science. In fact, he rules for 26 years. In a sense, he could fulfill the expectations of the part of the population who voted for him. That is, a return to Sovietism, the initiation of deep integration with Russia, and as a result, an authoritarian regime was formed, governments that were based solely on repression, perhaps invisible to the majority in counterfeits, electoral fraud, arrests and the imprisonment of the opposition. Unfortunately, the majority of people, the masses, did not pay attention to it, as for Lukashenko's policy towards the internal opposition. And this kind of political indifference, political apathy, it lasted for these 26 years. And what happened in 2020 was completely unexpected. The unexpected political electoral outbreak, both for Belarusian society itself and for the authoritarian regime of Lukashenko. And the cause of this political crisis, which has just expressed itself in the form of these protracted protests, and indeed the terror by the authorities, lies in several important things. It is also worth pointing to a certain moment that led to a change in orientation and social expectations and in the expectations of the majority. This turning point is associated primarily with the coronavirus and the second moment with the remnants of the election campaign in which unexpectedly for the system and society of people who had been outside of traditional politics, Viktor Babariko, Valery Tsepkalo and Sergei Tsikhanowski. Viktor Babariko, Valery Tsepkalo and Sergei Tsikhanovsky. The last straw that broke the camels back in Belarus was the coronavirus pandemic. The disease was ignored, even ridiculed by President Lukashenko, just as here you can hear him saying yellow cheese is a cure for COVID-19. Coronavirus is a good 
Coronavirus has become a kind of Chernobyl for Lukashenko. Originally, as in the European Union countries, in the world and in Russia in general, the lockdown began. Lukashenko, as we remember, resigned from such restrictions in terms of restriction of people's movement, school closings and quarantine for enterprises. This was absolutely not a subject in Belarus. Initially, in February-March, Lukashenko's policy was received quite positively, even in neighboring countries. Everyone was watching Lukashenko fight the virus effectively. But as it became apparent that the coronavirus is a profoundly serious disease, and when it was necessary to change the rhetoric in a sense, and even maybe politics, when even the Belarusian society itself, which initially supported Lukashenko in this strategy, began to doubt the correctness of this approach, began to show information about shortages, serious problems in hospitals about the dead and this number started to grow, that's when Lukashenko's rhetoric still did not change. So he was still talking about the fact that the coronavirus is a kind of corona psychosis when society was starting to think in a completely different way. And instead of changing the strategy and approach to the problem, Lukashenko started to lie. So the whole system started to lie, to hide data, to falsify data. People who died from the coronavirus, although they had some health problems before that, they were diagnosed that they did not die from the coronavirus, but from heart attacks, from diabetes. That is is the Ministry of Health and personally Lukashenko, they simply began to lie to the society on a statewide scale, not realizing that people began to draw information from completely different sources. If there was still any control over the mass media in the Soviet Union, the authorities in Belarus completely lost their monopoly on information. This is the second problem why it happened as it did. At the same time, people stopped trusting the state media, they stopped trusting the Ministry of Health, they stopped trusting Lukashenko and his rudeness towards those who died, towards those who fought, because these hospitals did not receive any material or financial support. And it is the society that organized itself, showed solidarity, and raised money to support the healthcare system somehow. Anna Lubakova, a Belarusian journalist. The pandemic was, of course, an important point for Belarusians, right? But also the lies that Belarusians heard from their screens. When I traveled all over the country before the elections, I also talked to people. They said that when they were lied to, people were simply lied to. That this contributed to the fact that their trust in independent media, in social media, and in bloggers grew a lot. The government media itself contributed to the fact that they truly killed such trust. In recent years, the government has been putting a lot of emphasis on television, somehow trying to develop television, but it has ignored social media a lot, ignored bloggers who disseminated alternative, neutral, objective information, at least trying to do so. So it's as if they're sort of lost. The government has gotten lost. Do people ignore the state-run media? Certainly not. I talk to people in other regions, in the countryside, and very often it is the only source of information. 
I think there's also a mechanism that may be at work here, where people believe that not everything can be untrue, that the government cannot lie 100%. Something must be true. And of course, this is dangerous. It divides the nation greatly. Brak zaufania do mediów państwowych, do propagandy i niechęć do tej propagandy stworzyło zupełnie inną sytuację informacyjną. Ludzie zaczęli szukać informacji w the lack of trust in state media, in propaganda, and aversion to this propaganda created a completely different information situation. People started looking for information in opposition or in alternative media. During this period, telegram channels became immensely popular, where people looked for information right there. And of course, the picture of the situation in these alternative means of information was completely different. People realized that the government was lying to them. Thus, the system lost its monopoly on information. The system lost its monopoly on creating the world. People understood that Lukashenko's state equals a lie. And besides, Lukashenko, in his traditional approach, wanted to show that he was the host of the situation with his bravado. At the same time, when the peak of infections in Belarus was already there, the Eastern Orthodox churches were not closed. People went to the church. It was during this period. It was Eastern Orthodox Easter, and crowds of people gathered in these churches, and this increased the number of infections even more. The second thing that they were called subotniks, when employees of factories, state institutions had to forcibly take part in cleaning, in some social work there, and under the conditions of the coronavirus, when even Russia was on lockdown and even closed the borders. And the last such blow to yourself, a shot in the head, was the organization of the parade on May 9, 2020, the day of the victory over fascist Germany. Even Moscow had to abandon this parade, which was the most important in their ideology, and it was the first time that such a revolution took place, because the parade was attended by a maximum of 15,000 people, when before that, up to 50 to 100,000 people gathered there for these various celebrations. It was already showing that something was wrong, and the authorities, Lukashenko, personally did not pay attention to it. Właśnie w tych okolicznościach się pojawiają trzej nieznani. Wcześniej polityka, czyli Sergiej Ciechanowski, który był blogerem. It is in these circumstances that three previously unknown politicians appear. That is, Sergei Tsikhanowski, who was a blogger, simply traveled around villages, interviewed simple people, showing them what was actually going on. He also began to be extremely popular as a blogger. Apart from the fact that this is a revolution of novices, it is also a revolution of bloggers, because bloggers have become, in a sense, a new political force, in a sense, such an engine driving this revolution, because they paid attention to local problems, not even political ones, but to local unprofessionalism, the arrogance of local dignitaries, officials who ignore the problems of ordinary people. 
The attitude towards these local dignitaries started to shift to Lukashenko because he is responsible for who he will allocate because I will not win these local officials, but they are only allocated by Lukashenko. The crisis of trust in these local officials also spread to Lukashenko and destroyed such local support for him because villages and small towns were always on his side. They always voted for Lukashenko. They were never interested in human rights or a choice of sorts. It was about simple things that finally began to be articulated. The coronavirus was imposed on all of this. People saw that they were ignoring them. They were just ignoring the problems. Tsihanowski was rather a speaker who articulated the problems of smaller communities, that is, simply the leader of the proletariat, because the intellectualists kept their distance. Suddenly, Viktor Babariko appears, who was a banker for 20 years and was a director for Gazprom Bank, one of the most authoritative institutions, although related to Russia, banking and finance in Belarus. Babariko began to attract the attention of the middle class and the middle nomenklatura, which means that finally for people of even different strata there were alternatives that they did not have, because before the election process the traditional opposition wanted to implement some common project to emerge from these various broken and weakened political parties of the only candidate, to repeat the scenario from 2006. But it was met with total disaster. It actually showed that neither support nor trust in this traditional opposition is there. So there is no point in participating in the election campaign. Against this background, the appearance of Babarika and Valery Tsiepkala as representatives of the nomenclature, say of the upper class, was initially skeptical. But the appearance of these three people unexpectedly caught attention that people were beginning to know the alternative in it. In addition, the authorities initially did not use repression because they saw no threat in this so-called dialogue. However, the organization of the campaign, this dynamic led to the electoral revolution. First it was expressed in the fact that people began to sign up in mass for Tsikhanowski, and there were such long lines, there were not even such lines before. Such a wave of political activity made it clear that the election scenario would be completely different than it used to be. Anton Suflayo, from the East European Study of the University of Warsaw, emphasizes that in response to the outbreak of social discontent, the Belarusian regime reacted in a well-known and practiced manner. That is repression. Warto rozumieć, że to, co się dzieje na Białorusi teraz i się działo w sierpniu, wrześniu, nie dzieje się it is worth understanding that what is happening in Belarus now and what has happened in August and September, this didn't just happen in 2020. It has been going on for at least 20 years. I'm talking about repression and violence above all, because from the beginning of the 21st century, Lukashenko began to use all these known methods. That is the practice of suppressing protests with the help of force plus the known disappearances of famous people whose bodies were not found. This is Minister Zaharenka. This is a journalist called Zavadsky, an operator of Russian state television. So from then on, the state began to apply these repressions. 
Over these 20 years, the repression has taken on completely different forms. From direct violence, we suspect the whole society suspects that killing, kidnapping people, the brutal force of throwing in naive political prisoners is a constant element of Belarus's internal policy. Economic repressions blocking the possibility of obtaining education. In general, we now observe in a nutshell what is happening in Belarus for 20 years. Now everything is happening in these three months. The Belarusian sociologist Aliena Agarelsheva draws attention to the scale and universal nature of the repression that affects anyone who dares to express their opposition to the government. In the Belarusian situation, it should be remembered that there have always been repressions against politicians who oppose Lukashenko. So this is nothing new. It is not an invention of 2020. The trend this year is that the repression has undoubtedly become massive and universal, as the protest has become massive and universal. An unprecedented number of inhabitants have fought the regime. What are the repressions? First of all, repression involves arrests, beatings, and often torture during detention or in arrest. Secondly, it is economic repression. For example, the company that supported the protests and strikes now has special and incredibly detailed controls of the services. Thirdly, and this is a new dimension, housing communities are harassed. Those housing estates and buildings in which flags appeared or films were shown, in other words, the whole white, red and white spurt, is punished. Despite the brutal reaction of the authorities, the protests have not subsided. They continue. They are transforming. A certain routine has emerged, which the poet and writer Andrei Hadanovich talks about from Minsk. September and October are strange months, not only mass protests, but also activities mainly related to the districts where people live. That is, on Sundays they go out in a hundred or more, maybe one thousand protests. Every day from Monday to Saturday, people gather in smaller, larger groups just near their houses in their districts. And this is where miracles begin. Yesterday's stranger becomes friends, people become friends, they start to treat themselves a little bit as friends. Fellow people who do important work together and on the one hand make their district look like a real Belarusian district in the evening, so they decorate. They start with ribbons in white, red and white, then symbols, face painting and daily meetings, a meeting over tea, cookies, non-alcoholic drinks. It must be said right away so as not to draw attention to it. People thought that they had little of these neighborhood meetings. Why not combine it with art and education? And then they started inviting guests. Guests come to the meetings, lecturers, artists, ordinary debaters, artists born, history remembered, questions about the future arise. Although Mrs. Tikhonovskaya is the symbolic leader of the opposition, 
I'm not sure she's really a contender for power. I think that the opposition has gone a long way to go in terms of articulating its demands and also in building itself up as a serious grassroots movement on the lines of solidarity in Poland in the 1980s. It's made a very promising start. It's won the battle of ideas and the enthusiasm is is extraordinary and it's very moving to watch. But if you actually want to defeat a a regime by um, sheer force of numbers, there's still some way to go. The question of Belarus's future geopolitical orientation has been decisively parked by the opposition. They're not saying that this is not to be decided now. What they want is a free election, the the release of political prisoners and the removal of Lukashenko, and everything else can wait. But can it really wait? For the first time in a long time, the answer to this and other questions can be asked of the Belarusians themselves. In the following podcasts, we present various faces of a changing society and country, and we mainly ask Belarusians themselves. Podcast produced by Free Range Productions. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. 18- plus.